0: So a way
1: politics podcast the show for normal americans from this undisclosed bunker here's your host tony reed
2: endowed by their creator endowed by god with certain inalienable rights, meaning rights that are just, they have just because they're born. And those rights are life, to have a good life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. No other country is based on that idea. I'm not concerned about China. And uh, it's generating significant economic growth in America and not hurting anybody. And by the way, it's creating jobs in, in South Korea. It's creating jobs in South Korea, not just with SK, but all, anyway, with Samsung and other, uh, other industries. The last country I've traveled, I'm drinking once with the last one I was in. I, I, I've been to 89, I've met with 89 heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. That's where it was.
3: How did you know that? And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It's the 28th of April, year of our Lord, 2023. That guy ain't right. I, I'm just saying that guy ain't right. He's not even remotely right. He's, he's a jackalope. And he's going to get re-elected president. I mean, it's just going to happen because we're going to... Not we, but the Republicans are going to be stupid and they're going to nominate Trump. And here we are. So today's theme is scripted. We're about to get to it. I want to get to a few up front and and I'm going to try this out again, but I'm going to uh, make sure I mute myself a little bit because we're going to listen to the soundbite that's been traveling around of the VP mashing words. But Tyrus brought this up ages ago, and you know, i he's right. I mean, this is perfect. Here we go. We're gonna have bongos.
4: So,
3: so, you got the bongos.
4: The message, the bongos at Van Vlack House and Gardens in Montclair, New Jersey, this Sunday, presented by Outpost and the Burbs. See
3: you there. Oh man, this fucking sucks. It's
4: very important.
3: Check one, two. Okay, I'm gonna try this again. I've tried it four times. And the joke is, Tyrus came up with this bongo solo makes her make sense. So I'm going to play the bongos. There we go. We're playing bongos. We're going to restart her. And if you listen to her with bongos, it makes incredible sense. See it in time. Contextualize. You know, if you listen to it that way, it it's amazing. It actually makes 100% sense. So, um, yeah, it still didn't work. That just... <laughs> I don't fucking know why I play a third thing and it goes crazy. I'm out to play with off, but the concept was to play bongos with her talking and, and it didn't sound right. But um, here's a few things. Well, like you know, let's go into the next soundbite. This, this one's contextualized pretty well, too. This is a HRC introducing uh, George Soros to American politics. Does that not surprise you at all? I mean, it didn't surprise me.
5: Not enough
3: for
6: America's future, that some participate and others don't. We have been given an extraordinary blessing, and at this moment in time, our country needs us. And we need people like George Soros, who is fearless and willing to step up when it counts. So
4: please join me in welcoming George Soros.
2: It is the first time that i feel that i need to stand up and do something really uh, uh, and become really engaged um, in the electoral process in in this country
3: none of that surprises me it doesn't surprise me one iota i mean it's, it's our media. I mean, they can get away with this shit. Here's Chuck Schumer. The Republican Default on American Act is DOA in the Senate. It's a ransom note to the American people to suffer Republican radical right-wing agenda or suffer catastrophic defaults. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's an article from the New York Times that pretty much sums everything up. In each case, the White House aides, cabinet secretaries, and military leaders perform well despite the lack of a fully engaged leader. They're, they're saying he's like FDR. And then to start off our top six, here is the Washington Post. This dick face columnist urges people to harass Republicans at grocery stores and churches. His name is Perry Bacon Jer- uh jr traveled to his native kentucky to be interviewed for a segment on comedy central's the daily show by tamp and fellow native kentucky and desi lindick bacon who used it to be a congressional and white house correspondent urged people to harass republicans in public spaces such as church and grocery stores in response to some of the recent legislation so if you ever wonder why our fucking media is garbage just remember peter bacon
7: So it's, it's safe to say that a lot of these laws that are passing from extreme legislators are not reflective of the values of the people of Kentucky.
8: So my view is we're seeing an extreme Republican agenda because our legislators are governing not like Republicans, not like Kentuckians. If you look at the laws being passed in Kentucky, they're the exact same ones being passed in Florida or Mississippi. So these are much different states with much different priorities, but they have the exact same agenda because the Republicans in every state to just passing a list of things Donald Trump and other right-wing Republicans like and that are popular on Fox News.
7: You know what? Let's just keep this flowing. I I don't want to see this glass empty. Where do we go from here? Is there... is there any solution?
8: I think, ultimately, we have to, in the short term, shame them out of passing the most aggressive version of these bills. Criticize them enough to make sure that they are told when they go to church or when they go to the grocery store that you passed a terrible bill and acted like a bigot.
7: Are you sure that shame would work with Kentucky Republicans? I mean, look at Rand Paul. If I got my ass kicked in my front yard by my neighbor, I would never leave my house again.
8: I'm not saying it's a foolproof point, and I'm just saying that these legislators have to walk in public and live their life. And I yeah. do think you want to make clear that you.
3: They just cannot tolerate other people's point of view. They can't. They just can't. Another shocking thing that's not a surprise to anyone is that POTUS. Authorize the Secretary of Defense and DHS Secretary to order an active duty units and individual members of the Ready Reserve to ensure DoD can sustain its support of DHS concerning international drug trafficking. Now remember, they just said you can't apprehend gay people, so how the fuck do you do that? And why are we losing so many embassies? Here's somebody actually asking, but she doesn't answer.
9: Given the president's direction and what you're saying right now, a number of other countries have evacuated citizens over the course in the last several days and taken advantage of the ceasefire, the U.S. helped put into place. The U.S. still has not. What is different about your risk assessment right now? or security assessment than what other countries are looking at as they've gone in and gotten their people out.
1: So want to be, as you know when it comes to risk assessments and intelligence, we're very careful to not speak to that. Um, but we've been pretty clear in laying out uh, and communicating with the American people. Uh, You've heard us here from the National Security Advisor. You heard it from uh, the State Department, uh, from Secretary Blinken directly. And we have been clear on what the President laying out, which is what I did, laying out at the President's direction, what we have done, how we've moved forward, how we've worked with allies uh, and partners uh, to get Americans out. Uh, And uh, we've been pretty clear about this for the past uh, several months, for the past year, of what the situation in Sudan. And so uh, we're going to continue to have those conversations. As I just mentioned, there are counselor services, a counselor team uh, that's there that's trying to help Americans who want to leave uh, in any way that we can. Uh, and so, uh, again, we're going to continue to have those com- communication, uh, but I'm certainly not going to get into uh, any um, any intelligence or how that's come about or how we come to uh, certain uh, certain kind of uh, intelligence, surveillance, or reconnaissance. Yeah, I understand,
9: I understand on that front. Uh, my question, one, the security election in the State Department over the course of the last year never told people to leave. They told people never to travel there. The yep, people that live there that are now trying to get out. What right. I'm trying to understand is the difference between what the U.S. sees why they will not send in assets to evacuate versus other countries that have over the course of the last several days. Clearly, there's something that's being seen. I'm not asking for intelligence. I'm just saying, can you explain the process here, given the President's directive to help?
1: No, I understand. And what I was saying is that we have community, we've been communicating with the American people for the past year, right? Level four that was out there for some time now. Look, we have deployed U.S. intelligence and surveillance and reconnaissance assets to support air and land evacuations routes. That is something that we have done uh, and which Americans are indeed using.
3: Why can't they answer simple questions? She can't answer anything. Here are DeSantis's Numbers and this is why I've been saying it, support 56% oppose all his Disney shit. Independents support him. But we're stupid, and we're going to bring in Donald Trump and then lose. So, let's get to Cheatgate. Cheatgate, um, I have so many things to say on Cheatgate. With the pictures, I think is the most egregious thing. I mean, they have the pictures of the person he's supposed to call on. It's just not the name. They have to put a picture on it. And so I won't waste our time trying to record live because VidTalk is not working today. I posted the actual question. And then the responses by the press sec.
2: First question from Courtney of Los Angeles Times.
10: Thank you, Mr. President, your top economic priority has been to build up U.S. domestic manufacturing in competition with China. But your rules against, against expanding chip manufacturing in China is hurting South Korean companies that rely heavily on Beijing. Are you damaging a key ally in the competition with China to help your domestic politics ahead of the election? And one for President Yoon. There have been concerns since last year that North Korea will soon be conducting its seventh nuclear test amid growing domestic support in your country for your own nuclear weapons. Meanwhile, Russia has suggested it could send its latest weapons to North Korea if South Korea sends lethal aid to Ukraine. How do you seek to manage the North Korea risk amid obligations to Ukraine and NATO? Thank
11: you. The LA Times said that their reporter did not submit any questions in advance of yesterday's press conference. So to the people who saw that pocket card. Can you explain how that ended up there and why the President needed something like that? So just to,
1: just to step back, and I'm actually glad you asked that question. Uh, clearly, I would let uh, uh, the, the reporter for uh, Los Angeles Times speak for herself. Uh, it is entirely normal for a President to be briefed on reporters who will be asking questions at a press conference and issues that we expect they might ask about. Uh, it is not surprising that yesterday, uh, we would anticipate questions that he did receive, right, on the visit. Uh, with uh, with the South Korean president as the South Korean president was sitting standing to his to his right or about 2024 that was uh, completely expected or about the debt ceiling, uh, which he took questions at the end, shouted questions at the end. And of course, we would note those issues to him. Uh, We do not have specific questions in advance. That's not something that we do. And in fact, I would point out the questions that was asked was different uh, than what was on the card that uh, you all saw. Um, And Look, uh, again, we have these press conferences. the president takes your questions. Uh, we always our job is to get a sense of uh, what you all want to ask him How were the reporters decided So, um, so the way that we have moved forward uh, with this type of uh, process is that we reach out to uh, a number of reporters who uh, who, are going to, who we know are going to be at the press conference, uh, and that's what we did yesterday. Uh, and also, we try to be really mindful and who who has not gotten a question in a while. Uh, and uh, and so as you know, we could only pick two reporters yesterday so that limits our ability on how many reporters we can call on. Uh, Mary's not here, but I can say one of the reasons that we uh, we picked Mary is because she was just named a, a chief White House correspondent for ABC and had not gotten a, a question in some time. and we picked, the Los Angeles Times, uh, which has gotten a which has not gotten a question in some time. And I want to add uh, that the fact that California has the largest South Car- uh, Korean American population in any state in the country and uh, and la has the biggest population of any city in america so your contention kareem i'm not question, i'm not
8: taking call that the question I, uh, that was on done. the so-called ahead, cheat Jackie. sheet was Jackie, not similar to the your, question that was asked at the press conference your
1: colleague office. your colleague is not but done go ahead, I, go ahead. I, I,
8: okay. it's a very reasonable just, question just, no, but no but to, to I, I hear you can reasonable? you
1: can you wait your turn Absolutely. like thank you okay. thank you john i appreciate yeah. that i really do go ahead, thank you and
11: just to be clear to people skeptics who saw the card and saw the question number one and might think that that is a signal that it was pre-organized did the president have other questions that he was prepared you know had similar um talking points in case he was asked something on other topics in that same
1: Uh, jackie i'm going to be as someone who was part of his uh uh, of the prep briefing with the president for these press conference as his press secretary uh, we talk about an array of uh of topics that could potentially come up Uh, and that's what we do, uh, just at the end.
7: The- well, it was Jackie, today the president took a few questions. And listen, we always know now that this president has a list of who he's going to call on and, uh, and maybe the order. But today it seemed like he had a heads up on what the question would be, questions.
11: That's right. Uh, A photographer in the White House press corps got a picture of the president's placard. Just take a look here. Um, In his hand, the name, outlet, and question from that L.A. Times reporter, which reads, how are you squaring your domestic priorities like reshoring semiconductors manufacturing with alliance-based foreign policy. She was only one of two uh, American reporters who were formally called on today. We should note the question that she actually spoke and asked the president was quite a bit more elaborate, but Biden certainly got a heads up on the topic and the general thrust of her question, Brett.
7: And just quickly, I mean, I covered the White House. Sometimes the White House folks say you may get a question, but in my days, they never said what exactly is
12: your question that hasn't been policy has it?
11: it it has not and I I don't believe that that is something that uh, happens here regularly at least that we're aware aware of um, that being said the president never calls on Fox so
10: <laughs> we
11: uh, we just <laughs> we shout hope. at him
2: <laughs> that's right, Jack- yeah.
3: so this of course is what CNN ran with um, most ricky-tick.
2: And Arlette, I I mentioned 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 President Biden in the Rose Garden yesterday yesterday, during that press conference. conference. There was also a moment in that press press conference conference where a photographer photographer captured
5: captured the
13: notes that President Biden was holding in his hand, and there appeared to be one with the reporter that he was going to call on, the first reporter he called on during that press conference, and now there are allegations about whether or not he had the question in advance. What is the White House saying about what happened here? Well, Kaylin, it's not uncommon for the White House to prepare these types of briefing materials for the president, but it's the level level of of specificity that is in the spotlight in this moment. As you noted, that note card included the name and photo of a reporter and also a possible question. Now, it's worth noting that her question uh, was not identical to what was on that note card, and her outlet uh, says that they did not submit any questions to the White House ahead of this press conference. But we have seen the president in the past carrying around these note uh, note cards with details about the events, where he needs to go, the people that he's meeting with. Now this, these types of moments are things that Republicans have seized on, especially Especially as they they have 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 tried tried to highlight. highlight.
3: Boom! We seized! There were seizures! Is this what the most powerful man in the free world needs? To fucking do press conferences? Really? This is just fucking unsat, man. I don't care who, what side you're on. That th- this is unsat that he fucking needs that. That that's what we call press nowadays. I mean, this is what you're going with. And then when she's cornered the KGP just Oh, no, it was a different question. WAPO, of course, uh, they also came to the rescue saying that it was a different question. This is normal. Uh, just move on. The Los Angeles Times is denying submitting the question and it was different. You know I, I, look at the look what's happening with um, media across the board. You, you go through all this and Vice, insider, newsrooms, lo- local. BuzzFeed, Paper Magazine, Vox, Disney, NPR, Fandom, Gannett, WAPO, NBC News, EW Script. What do they all have in common? They're fucking liberal. They're just liberal. They won't even check this shit. Made up. It's what the far right left's been going with. And they're more focused on their own ego. Uh, Dana Bash. Hey, LA time. Yes, John and I used to be married. We are now friends and share a wonderful son together. In this context, I'm not an ex-wife. I'm a veteran journalist. I mean, she was all butthurt because they pointed out that CNN, and remember, this is CNN, who spend all their time fucking dogging other networks. I mean, that's, that's their modus operatus. is pointing out that that's pretty fucking inappropriate, Batman. That's not cool. One thing that has been cool is the ability of some conservatives now to start playing the ball game like the lefties do. Because, you know, we don't play the game. We, We are unplayed. Don't get dirty. We should. Here's another guy calling out Solwell.
2: Mr. Chairman, uh, Ms. Rodriguez, I apologize that you had to. You're here for a hearing on the border. They don't want to talk about a border. Uh, Mr. Solwell is down there. Obviously, everybody knows he's made some comments. He's got a, a checkered past. He's alleged I'm sorry, relationships. I'm A checkered past. Uh, alleged, I, I would ask. Uh, it's my time. Mr. Alleged affairs a relationships past? with, no, 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 with no, 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 Yum sir. Yum. You yum don't, yum. don't get to say that shit. With, that, he that's he not a true. had alleged
14: relationships and, with Yum Yum.
2: I ask the gentleman's words to be taken down. You don't get to Mr. say that. Mr. Chairman. I ask the gentleman's words to be taken down as casting a slur on another member. I am here.
15: He's making.
1: I ask Let's the words of the gentleman be taken civility. down. as a let, us in another have, member.
9: let us have some order and civility here and we will take up the issues one by
2: one. Mr. Chairman, I ask that the words of the gentleman...
3: Facts sure get in the fucking way of their agenda, doesn't it? Just agenda driven. So to other things, Biden wants to get the VP thing going and try to get her boosted up. I don't know how you're going to do that, because without bongos, you can't get it going. Big Chinese thing going on this week, and and I, I want to try it one more time. Here is, uh, her name is Judy Chu. Let's listen. premise if you talk bad about china chinese americans can die so we're just supposed to lay the fuck down and the media was completely all in on this this is the fbi and it was quoted by somebody saying well i guess uh this is going to get americans Judy Chu doesn't want us to talk about the fucking Chinese police stations. NBC was all in. She was like, oh yeah. The problem is they don't want to talk about the real stats and what are the real stats? The real stats are it's African-Americans beating Chinese people and ain't whitey, but that's inconvenient so we don't talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about this, the globalist agenda. They're gonna speed it up. That's all your green stuff. Here's Biden. Once again, we're still going on about construction is fucking racist craziness. As I say every show, nothing's changed. Google is still suppressing conservative thought. We're still getting people kicked off YouTube. And we're still dealing with Randy fucking Weingarten. So here's her in a hearing. MTG, who's a troll, but goddamn she was good on it and Weingarten posting that she was for opening the school somehow. But that's because this broke this week. We already knew it, but the media wasn't reporting it, that Weingarten was basically writing CDC policy. And then when she put out that she did nothing wrong, this is what happened because now community, wrote, community notes work both ways. Weingarten is misrepresenting her prior position. She called attempts to reopen school in fall of 2020 reckless, callous, and cruel. Her union pushed aggressively at the local level. Areas with high union influence remained closed much longer. They continued it in 2022. But here's what she said. Uh, I'm
6: sorry, Congressman Raskin. I'm just, we spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City, I live near a hospital. Every other minute there was an ambulance. There was terror. Our members were terrified, others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves. And we worked with doctors and we worked with
7: others and we just tried to get it out there. Okay, now you're all. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Weingarten, are you a medical doctor? I am not. Are you a mother? I am a mother by marriage. By marriage, I see. Um, And And my wife is here with me, so I'm really glad
6: that she's here. Ms.
7: Weingarten, and you haven't taught school since the 90s, so you're not a teacher anymore. Um, I am actually, Representative, I'm actually on leave from my teaching position, and this
6: fall I will be teaching as a guest teacher at Cornell, my alma mater.
7: It was, when was the last year you taught, 1997, is that correct? The last time I taught um, a full class was June 1997. Okay, that's been quite a long time, approximately 26 years ago. Do you believe in the First Amendment, Ms. Weingarten? Um, I believe in the Constitution, including the First Amendment, of course. Oh, great. Well, I'd like to remind you of one of your tweets here where you agreed that my suspension on Twitter, uh, in your own words, politicians shouldn't be exempt from standards about spreading misinformation. Green has repeatedly shown reckless disregard for those standards. This suspension is justified. This is your tweet Uh, just last year, January 2nd, 2022. I was uh, suspended for my statements about COVID-19 as a member of Congress, by the way. and also, I'd like to point out by by the emojis by your name here, it looks like you're more of a political activist than anything. Uh, clearly, unfortunately, you think Ukraine comes before the United States. I'm not sure what the black flex is. I mean, it's, is that digital blackface? Um, but congratulations on graduating from school. Uh, but I'd like to No, go. it is about honoring black... Miss Weingarten, course. I reclaimed my time. I didn't ask you a question. What I'd like to talk about is your recommendations to the CDC as not a medical doctor, not a biological mother, um, and and really not a teacher either. So what you did is you advised the CDC,
2: Mr. um, Mr. Chairman. That is, I mean, that's a a, a excuse me. This
7: is my time. Uh, You advised the CDC to have schools uh, provide remote work. Uh, options for staff that have documented high-risk conditions who are increased risk for for severe illness from COVID-19 to limit the risk of workplace exposure uh, telework, virtual teaching opportunities, modified job responsibilities, environmental modifications, scheduling flexibility, temporary reassignments to different job re- responsibilities. None of, none of your um, advice was had to do with to stop the spread of COVID-19. It was all about teachers staying home. And there was big results of that. Let me tell you, I am a mother and all three of my children we're directly affected by the school closures, by your recommendations, which is something that you really can't understand. Um, I'd like to point out. Let's talk about the the real effects of this. Obviously, we know the test results. Oh, and by the way, the you celebrating what I had said on on Twitter. I had said the children should be in school. I had said the truth, that children were not dying at high rates of COVID-19 like older people were. I had also advocated for our children, not for uh, teachers getting to stay home and kids being forced into virtual schooling. I advocated for the safety of our children and for their education. But you, as a political activist, for the president of the teachers' union, were not advocating for anything good for our kids. And our kids have suffered greatly. As a matter of fact, suicides increased. Their rates of learning went down. And you know what else happened to them? Anxiety, depression, all kinds of problems happened to kids. And then ironically, here's something that was shocking to me, and I'll bring this up to you. You know what else happened? While kids were forced to stay home, and you approve of this, the diagnosis of youths with gender dysphoria surged. This is literally 2020, but yet this is 2021. And this is a problem. This is a major problem. And the direct effect of school closures can be seen here. These are diagnoses, diagnoses of gender dysphoria. And you can see it sharply increased after 20, 20 and 21. It went up, the rates went up. So kids were forced to stay home into so-called virtual learning where they were spending a lot of time on social media and all of a sudden we see a direct result of this. And this this is a major problem. But the other problem is, is you had no business advising the CDC what the medical guidelines were for school closures. Because now we have a nation of school children who have suffered because of it. The problem is, is people like you need to admit that you're just a political activist, not General a teacher, a- not a mother, and not a medical doctor.
16: The time is expired.
7: We want to go back to
6: in-school. We need to actually get back to in-person learning. I am a big believer that we have to reopen safely and carefully. If you hear the frustration of my voice, mm-hmm, I do. we put out a plan at the end of April. The teachers want it. 76% of teachers say they're in for um, going to school because teachers want to teach kids. They want to go back to school. Yeah. They know that it's important for kids. We want schools to reopen. We know in school learning, is better than remote we've been trying to get kids back into school throughout the country and we worked with new york city to do it let's really try to figure out how to have in-school learning and how to make it safe this is how do we make sure that in-school learning happens because we know how important it is the teachers of this country understand that in-person education is really important teachers would have told you pre-pandemic that remote education is not a substitute. We already have 18 of 20 of the largest school districts that are open for in-person learning. My union has been trying to reopen schools since last April. They want to be in school. They know that that's important. Teachers want to be back with kids. And in the districts that I represent, it's about 95% of those districts are now reopened for in-person learning. All of that is really great news. We want school to reopen everywhere this fall in person. I'm a big believer that we have to have in-school learning. The bottom line, Martha, is it's time for our kids to be back in school. Anyone who knows educators in America know that we want to be in school. It's full speed ahead. the fall we were the first ones to put a report out about how to get back to in-school learning i mean teachers do want what kids need i'm all in for getting schools open all the time we can and we must reopen schools in the fall the safety protocols are the way to get kids and keep kids in school we want to be in school our kids have to be in school they have to be safe, and we're going to do everything we can on vaccines, ventilation, masking, to do, to make that happen.
3: But there's always hope. Here is Scott Jenning on CNN, skull dragging this fucking lying bitch.
2: Huh?
0: Yeah, um, we don't know each other, but speaking on behalf of millions of American parents, I have four at home. I had to teach them at home. My wife had to teach them at home. I am stunned at what you have said this week about your claiming to have wanted to reopen schools. I think most, you'll find that most parents believe you were the tip of the spear of school closures. There are numerous statements you made over the summer of 20 scaring people to death about the possibility of opening schools. And I hear no remorse whatsoever about the generational damage that's been done to these kids. I have two kids with learning differences. Do you know how hard it is for them to learn at home and not in a classroom that was designed for them? And for you to sit in front of Congress and the American people and say, oh, I I wanted to open them the whole time. I I am shocked. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. And there are millions of parents who feel the exact same way.
3: Okay. (laughs) our next top six of course is guns because they're still going after it going to play a cnn soundbite in a second where claim permanent this carry only in red states but their map shows blue states because that's a fucking lie everybody has it here's an eye-opening thread um Eye-opening 2 a thread exposes how much Democrats really don't trust or even like their own people. Thinking about it, this is Rob Romano. Thinking about it, it's interesting how anti-gun politicians seem hell-bent on keeping their fellow Democrats from being armed. For example, they set high permit fees, preventing poor people from being able to afford them. They require permits to be submitted and interviews to be conducted during office hours, preventing people who can't take off work. They ban guns on public transportation, preventing people without cars from carrying. They require live fire training, making it difficult for people without nearby ranges. They require multiple non-family references. They ban guns on all private property without explicit permission, preventing people in anti-gun areas from carrying elsewhere. They ban future sales of assault weapons and high capacity magazines, ensuring that the overwhelming Republican current owners are the only ones that have them. And what is missing in this is the simple fact that they don't understand that because of the Floyd riots, lefties armed. Here's LaRue, they're changing their sales. If your state doesn't let citizens carry, they're not gonna sell to them. And that is fucking amazing, good on them. And then the disgusting thing that I got in a bunch of arguments on, um, Dan Lanning talking about guns. Why don't you win a conference championship like you said you would before you go gun yanking. Because here's the reality. You don't care about guns. Yeah, they were all black. All the shooters were black and we've heard nothing about the Alabama shooter. It just got deep fucking sixed. But here is CNN, once again, going after the guns and NBC, it's a bad recording because I had to record it locally. When have you ever seen the parents of a shooter get interviewed? Oh, they're anti-gun. That's how they got on the air.
17: And then the flip side of this are laws like the ones that we are now seeing in Nebraska, eliminated concealed carry, eliminating the need for permits there. How much of that are you seeing around the country?
0: Well, it's, it's a majority of states now. Uh, we have the 27th state to essentially end a requirement for any sort of gun permitting uh, with Nebraska. These are mostly southern states, primarily red states, uh, that are making this move. And, and, and you've read a lot about this. I think population wise, most of the country still requires m- permitting, but uh, we, you know this move primarily in the south and with red states uh, means that there's a, a large portion of the country, more than half the states we to the families. What would you want
10: to say? Mm. We are so sorry. We are heartbroken.
4: We wish we could undo it, but we know we can't. In an era of mass
5: shootings all too frequently, theirs is a perspective we do not often hear. Lisa and Todd Sturgeon are the parents of the young man who opened fire more than two weeks ago inside Louisville's old National Bank. What scares you about
17: doing an interview like this? We have a concern about inadvertently being disrespectful to the families. Our heart is just shattered for for them and what they're going through. Something like this is so complicated.
4: But at the end of it all, Connor did this. He did. And he he did this too. Um totally innocent individuals. There was no provocation, no justification, no rationalization at all. They were just trying to do their jobs, provide for their families, and they will never be the same due to his actions. And that's, if we could take it back, we would. Connor Sturgeon
5: was a 25-year-old employee at the bank. He killed five coworkers, Joshua Barrick, Thomas Elliot. Juliana Farmer, James Tutt, and Dina Eckert. Eight others were wounded, including a young policeman, Nicholas Wilt, still in critical condition after he was shot in the head. As we sit here, do you know why this happened?
17: I don't think there's any way to know for, for sure. We know that, that Connor was struggling with some uh, mental health issues. I'm afraid that whatever we come up with as the cause is isn't going, still isn't going to make sense.
4: There was no clear tell so this could happen to someone else and we don't want that to happen that's why you're here that's why we're here the sturgeon say connor's struggle
5: started just a year ago panic attacks anxiety and an attempted suicide but he was seeing
3: and to end our top six we always got to have our evil Republican. cbs wood I bigger responsibility going after cons at White House Correspondent Dinner, and NBC says it's racist for state police to enforce law in Jackson, Mississippi because they're majority African-American. Okay.
8: If they were to offer you the job, what would you say?
18: If I'm offered an opportunity to have a direct line to Americans every night, four nights a week, you can't say no to that offer. Also, I'm, you know, I'm, I already live here, so it's a, <laughs> It's easy. I,
12: I know the commute. <laughs> <laughs> a love for laughter has led Wood to perhaps his biggest milestone yet, being the entertainer of this year's White House Correspondents' Dinner. When we talk about legacy, that'll be something that you'll be able to point to for your children and for your children's children.
18: It's an honor to speak and crack jokes on top of that. You know, next to the president, But I think it's an even bigger responsibility to be able to talk directly to the people in the room that are pushing against a lot of the things that keep America from moving forward. Because I think the job of comedian is to be the voice of the regular person.
12: Being the voice for others, a lesson learned from his father. Do you think that he would find this a moment to applaud?
18: I think my father would be proud, but I think he'd be even prouder if I go up there and make sure that I'm talking about something real. Because when you have the microphone, you better have something to say. You may not get it again.
6: There's a looming showdown over race, justice and policing that's playing out in Jackson, Mississippi right now. The state legislature passed a law that some say amounts to a takeover of policing and courts in the state's capital city, which is more than 80 percent black. MSNBC's Tremaine Lee traveled to Jackson and spoke to black residents who say their concerns are being ignored.
12: This summer, Mississippi will expand the jurisdiction of its state-run police force from the downtown Capitol complex to all of Jackson under two new controversial laws passed by the Republican-led majority white legislature. House Bill 1020 and Senate Bill 2343 will essentially create a new justice system within Jackson with its own unelected municipal court and expanded capital Police Force that the city has no control over. Some in Jackson, which is more than 80% black, say the move diverts power away from the voting citizens of Jackson, amounting to a state-led takeover of criminal justice in the city. The battle over public safety and criminal justice comes as the city is experiencing a sharp rise in violence. Last year, 138 people were killed in Jackson, the highest per capita homicide rate in the nation, according to Jackson police and FBI records. Bishop Duane Pickett agrees there is a need for more police, just not like this. They're not asible to the mayor who looks like us. They're not answerable to, uh, to the, the, the structure inside of our community. Mississippi Department of Public Safety Commissioner Sean Tindall, who oversees the Capitol Police, told us the agency is working to build trust in the community.
3: I want to be engaged with the public. I want our officers to be engaged with the public. Um, And and I want them to trust A. Which brings us now into our trans-fascism. You're going to see a Dylan clip. You're going to see a Leah Thomas. You're going to see a violence. The guy that's the girl that said he was going to kick people's asses. A woman who got pulled over said therapy doesn't work for her transness. And of course, Whoopi going, God thinks transing people is good. No, he doesn't. I am Eloise. I am six.
15: I'm a city child. I live at the Plaza Hotel, which is huge and wonderful and trace elegant, especially at Christmas time. Oh. Hey Blue! Look at all these families! Hi families! It's time for a pride parade! Families marching one by one, hurrah!
8: Hurrah! Fam- Every death is a tragedy
4: y'all, it's seven lives! Like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again and I, I feel like that should be illegal. I, I don't know, that's, that's just bad journalism.
14: They're like, oh, we respect Leah as a woman, as a trans woman, whatever, we respect her identity, we just don't think it's fair. You can't really have that, that sort of half support where you're like, oh, I respect her as a woman here, but not here. They're using the guise uh, of feminism to sort of push transphobic uh, beliefs, and I think a lot of people in that camp sort of carry an implicit bias against trans people, but don't want to, I guess, fully manifest or or speak that out, and so they try to just play it off as this sort of half support. They think about
17: how twisted feminism, quote-unquote, feminism has become. Their arguments You know, in order to exclude anybody in the trans category, you have to reduce women to reproductive capacity, which is, in my opinion, extremely anti-feminist. I don't want to put those women down either. And I know you don't want want to either, because I see pain. I I see pain and and the pain is coming from somewhere. It's not you
15: though, it's the patriarchy. And how can we get people to see that?
0: So Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, Steven Crowder, Nick
16: Fuentes, all you chuckle fucks out there that have been tagged by Steven, Buck Angel, Blair White.
0: I guess self-defense is only legal and righteous for the republicards and Conservatards. Okay. Um, no. That was, that was. if I could take anything from my conversation with him, it was
3: that make sure you're okay, you're in the right room. Since we've been here, you've, you've been calm, collected with us, you've been as cool as it can be, so I appreciate that. And, you know, we wanted to do, kind of keep
8: things out time. So if there is something that changes, if there is something that comes up, and you guys said you have
4: to do it? MRT okay. number, okay. Um, and along with some other resources, okay. um, like I said, I'm trying to see a therapist come Monday okay. um, to try to go over something to help me work with myself. Okay. Um, is it your normal therapist or? Is it it's a new brand new one, okay. because I tried two before, the first one was not that good, telling me that therapy's not going to work for you, oh. so, you know, that's always the best thing <laughs> to hear. <Okay>. So. Yeah. <laughs> and what school is it? Fox Chapel School. Okay. okay. What grade do you teach
15: Republicans banned her from the chamber for the remainder of the legislative session, claiming she broke the rules of decorum. But protesters are demanding that they let her speak. Now, what the hell is going on in this country? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Yeah. But yeah, what are the I mean, rules of decorum? Well, no, what are the rules that say I don't like what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm going to get a whole bunch of people yeah. to think like I think, and we're going to ban you from talking. Yeah. When did that become the law of the land? Funny you should ask, because I looked it up, and there is no law. No.
8: That. No.
15: There is no because law. Because the, no the whole point of this country is we have to figure out how to live together. I don't have to agree with everything you agree with. You don't have to agree with everything I agree with. That's why we have two parties. And, That's why we have these and conversations. And don't you want someone from the transgender community in the legislature to speak to her lived experience but my god this is a party that says we believe in parents rights Mm -hmm. you're telling me that as a parent I don't I'm not smart enough to decide if my child and I need to have gender affirming our Uh, doctors are not involved what is going? you so I can't Mike I can't decide what my kid reads I can't decide for my child what my child says is going on yep you're telling me your beliefs, your, and they keep saying it, and I keep saying, What Bible are you reading? Yeah. Because God was really clear. Very clear. This is very clear.
5: Conversation is the last step before violence. And now to shut down the one voice you have mm-hmm. in this house uh. who is transgender is problematic.
3: They are such garbage humans. I mean, just to say that. How did God say that to her? Why do they even talk about religion? They don't believe in it. Here's that politician, he uh, is working in a transgender representative of Minnesota to introduce a bill that will remove the exclusion of pedophiles from the protected class of sexual orientation. This means it will be illegal to discriminate against child rapists. This is what we have been sounding the alarm on and now they're doing it because the media just goes with whatever they say I mean it, it makes sense to them because they're liberal and okay we'll go with it to show you it's not a one-off here is a pedo flag another group about pedophilia on Twitter and finally somebody namely Elon Musk booted them. and the litany of schools here is libs of TikTok. So this bathroom this happened today in our Wolcott Boys Elementary School bathrooms and it didn't happen to your school yet, it's going to. Just thought you might want to know. Facilities use a PD dip Bay on March 20th to start installing dispensers for menstrual pads in boys' locker rooms. Yeah, that's good. That's just fucking fantastic. A Vermont school district isn't teaching male and female anatomy anymore. Even though the DOJ is going to be separate, my guess not because the Department of Justice is now going after Tennessee's new law. Okay. Yeah, that, that's great. That's fucking fan fucking fantastic. I mean, yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, man. Georgia school pay 181K in legal fee. Reinstate concerned mother and teacher was wrongfully fired. A Georgia school disagreed to reinstate a substitute teacher after she was fired for expressing concern over the drawings in an elementary book that were pornographic. Another article that came out, Stolen Youth. How the woke, like all totalitarians are targeting our children. And it's pretty self-explanatory. We cover it on every show. Here's some more proof that it's not just Whitey. It's happening everywhere because they did it during COVID. They just brought it back in. And even though I hate going to the well, this, this is why it's bad now. It is... Internet fame the two
15: thousand twenty two season comes
7: to an end.
3: Yeah, that's, um, that's a father, and the father is getting Internet fame off transing his fucking kid just transing the kids. That's that's what we do now. We trans the kids. Then there was a release tape that we found, and here is really what Dems think about parents.
4: I I wanna get to this, a hot mic moment. One that is causing a world of embarrassment, perhaps. Two Virginia Democrats caught mocking parents who are worried about their children the state senators dismissed parental rights issues like shielding minors from pornography they called it garbage and stupid watch this
0: and, uh, online parental garbage on the pornography bill
8: but he sticks a bill on top that we've rejected twice
0: and and said that the Senate Democrats are playing politics with children's lives I mean, it's just all a part of this parental crap that they're that they're
10: selling
1: this is why we have to keep the senate because
10: the, the house is in the hands of the republicans and they can push through all kinds of stupid things and we rely on the senate to kill it all
4: Look, they have constituents. They lead a lot of people. So, of course, Fox News, we would reach out to those lawmakers to see if there's anything they'd like to say, because we are going to play that tape, as you just saw. No comment so far. We'll report it if that changes. Clay.
17: Look, what I would react to here, Harris, is you're a parent, I'm a parent. There's a lot of talk now Uh, about how crazy uh, Republicans are being in trying to determine what books are appropriate for kids. And you'll hear all the time. I saw Mayor Pete the other day say, we're building bridges here in the Democrat Party, and they're trying to literally ban books. I believe that was his exact quote. No one's trying to ban books. Okay, this is important. And I think Republicans and, and also just really reasonable people need to do a better job of explaining this. We're talking about what's age appropriate. And uh, IF YOU DON'T TAKE YOUR KID TO AN R-RATED MOVIE, HARRIS, THE MOVIE ISN'T BANNED. YOU'RE JUST DECIDING IT'S NOT AGE-APPROPRIATE RIGHT NOW FOR MAYBE YOUR 13 OR 14-YEAR-OLD mm-hmm. TO GO SEE. THAT'S WHAT'S GOING ON IN SCHOOLS RIGHT NOW. WHAT IS APPROPRIATE TO EXPOSE KIDS TO IN SCHOOLS? Well, and, THIS IS NOT ANYTHING NEW. WE'VE BEEN and DOING who THIS should FOR decide GENERATIONS. That? IT'S CALLED PARENTING.
4: THE PARENTS, yeah. EXACTLY, WE BOTH.
3: DOESN'T SURPRISE ME. IT JUST DOESN'T SURPRISE ME. THIS IS, this is WHO THEY ARE. They can't help themselves. Here's another example from Libs of TikTok. Organization in Wisconsin is advertising a family-friendly pride event featuring drag performance by child drag kick queens. This is a real picture. That is a naked man. That's a child. I thought it was a Gitmo shot. I I really did. Then I realized it's... It's not. Here are pictures that are on tests. Julie is a girl who is sexually attracted to other girls. She is assigned male at birth, and Julie pronouns are she, her. Which gender does Julie best identify with? it cis, intersex, transgender, asexual? The media, well, they're just all into the cosmetic to critical. Blue states saving the kids, because... The cons are so bad. But it, it, if anything should wake the left up, it is Bud Light Booth, nobody there. Las Vegas Strip, nobody drinking Bud. This woman who's on a Show My Wife Watches, Yellow Jackets, retracted her own Emmy nomination because they used the wrong pronouns. LA Times, whole article. Anti-trans black slash but light executives, what's going on? Everybody's racist. Everybody's a tranny, transphobic. Blah blah. It's the same shit. It's not actually going to the source, and the source is this is a teeny fragment of the country, and people are sick of it. They're just sick of it. But every chance they get, this is the AP. Every chance. They doubled down on it, their first article, a group of conservative GOP lawmakers in Montana deliberately misgendered a transgender calling and demanding that she be censored from language she used while speaking against a bill that would ban gender-affirming medical care for children. That wasn't hot takey enough. First, they misgender her, then they wouldn't let her speak. I look at the conflict between a transgender Montana lawmaker and a group of Republicans over a bill that would ban her gender-affirming medical care. In Montana. We're talking Montana, man. This is PBS's version of it. She broke the rules, but we're not going to cover that. We are just going to glorify her. The the recount's going to be your first soundbite. Montana State Rep. Zoe Zephyr ahead of a vote to bar from State House the rest of the season. I've had friends who take their lives because of these bills. When I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not being hyperbolic. From the podium. We won't talk about dead Christians because why would we I mean, that's not their demos, but we'll roll in, including two hits from the media on this dude.
4: I have had friends who have taken their lives because of these bills. I have fielded calls from families in Montana. Including one family whose trans teenager attempted to take her life while watching a hearing on one of the anti-trans bills. And in that hearing, our caucus pleaded with the Republican chair of the Judiciary Committee to not allow certain testimony to keep decorum. And we were told a lot of people have a lot of opinions on these things. So when I rose up and said, there is blood on your hands, I was not. Being hyperbolic, I was speaking to the real consequences of the votes that we as legislators take in this body. And when the speaker asks me to apologize, what he is, uh, on behalf of decorum, what he is really asking me to do is be silent when my community is facing bills that get us killed. He is asking me to be complicit in this legislature's eradication of our community, and I refuse to do so, and I will always refuse to do so. You had the Tennessee Three here, and we know what happened in Tennessee. Let's go to Montana, Um, the Montana State Legislature. Uh, Similar, it seems similar in a lot of ways, shutting down someone who wants to, a state lawmaker who is in protest of something that they feel is wrong. What do you say to that? And what is the president saying? And what is the White House doing in the midst of seeing now these legislatures shut down people who are doing what democracy speaks of, trying to strengthen it?
1: Well, as you know, when the, the Tennessee Three, as they they're called, uh, was uh, um, as you know was peacefully, protest, uh, peacefully protesting. Uh, and they faced expulsion clearly now they were there. Uh, the two that were expo- expelled um, are now back uh, serving as uh, state legislators. The president called that uh, un-American when they were uh, exposed expelled and um, and it's unfortunate that we're seeing that uh, we're seeing this kind of uh, behavior uh, as it relates to Montana more specifically. Uh, it's, we're seeing devastating pieces of legislation across the country in state houses uh, aimed at taking away freedoms, uh, aimed at, take, at attacking people for who they are, uh, especially our young people. Uh, these bills uh, cause uh, families uh, to live in fear. They're creating great uncertainty about how they will receive the care they need, as we're, this is specifically to Montana. And uh the Again, it is, uh, when you see these types of things, um, silencing an, a, an elected representative in an attempt to suppress their message is a denial of democratic va- values. It is undemocratic. Uh, the biden High the biden administration continues to stand with transgender and LGBTQI leaders and their families. Welcome back. Were you
5: about to say something? Yes, what I was yeah. going to say is, jumping off Alyssa's point, where she said, you know, and I don't even know where I stand on this, the the problem with the issue we're talking about here is it's one step. It doesn't even matter what's being talked about. We are in a democracy where it was one vote for... Per- one person, one vote, and our elected representatives. They are shutting this person down, not only doing her job, but as an American. Our First Amendment rights protect not only that right to speak and do her job, but also protest. They came after her one more time and uh-huh. said she was inciting an insurrection which was very rich. But we looked into it, there was no violence, there was nothing happening, and this country was built on protest. That's yeah. why it's protected by that First Amendment. When you look back to the Boston Tea Party, to the Civil Rights Movement, to a women's, women's right to vote, mm-hmm. that's what this country is and we need to be having more conversations we talk here at this table a lot about not even be able to finish Thanksgiving dinner because we're not talking conversation is the last step before violence and now to shut down the one voice you have Mm in this house, Uh, who is transgender, is problematic because I believe everyone should be able to talk, (laughs) regardless of identity, about every topic, but, but, sorry, it is mandatory, (laughs) (laughs) it is mandatory to have the lived experience represented at those tables, because it adds a unique part that those conversations... Now to Montana and the growing outrage over the treatment of a transgender
6: lawmaker. Public protests in the legislature were met with police in riot gear on Monday. This was the third straight session that Democratic State Representative Zoe Zephyr was barred from speaking over a comment she made about a bill to ban gender-affirming care. She now says she could face censure or expulsion from the chamber later today at the hands of the Republican majority. Standing defiantly Monday, Montana
7: House Representative Zoe Zephyr raised her arm holding a microphone to amplify the voices of her supporters, demanding she no longer be silenced. The freshman lawmaker, who is transgender, tweeted last night that she faces expulsion or censure later today. That's after Republican House leaders announced they would vote whether her actions violated the safety dignity or decorum of the House of Representatives. For over a week, Zephyr has been barred from speaking on the House floor until she apologized for her comments
4: opposing a Republican bill banning gender-affirming care for minors. If you vote yes on this bill and yes on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands montana's republican house speaker deemed those comments out of line and that they broke house decorum
7: we're elected to have the hard conversations speaking to john dickerson last night on cbs news streaming zephyr says she's not apologizing for what she said
3: okay before we go to our this is america i have a huge soundbite i'm going to be playing on a guy who fought in afghanistan and i wanted to insert it for like two or three shows but i haven't been able to um, due to time. So this, I wanted to cover this and I'm gonna have to put it over here and zoom it up. um, Because even with glasses, it's pretty bad. This was a YouGov poll. Before we get started, the latest news, we would like to know, did you vote for Joe Biden? 50% of respondents on a liberal site said they did not vote for Joe Biden. I just want that to stick it. This is a liberal site. They didn't vote for Biden, but he got 81 million votes. Okay. 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 Do you think Biden has done a generally good or bad job? 35% said generally good. 53% said Generally bad. And is it right or wrong for Biden to say mega extremists want to take freedom away? On a liberal site, 51% said it's wrong. The next question. Uh, Let me zoom this in. I want to make sure that it's... Okay, that's the one. Okay, sorry, folks. I'm just trying to get this so you can read it along. The next question is, how likely do you think is that you would vote for him? 57% said they wouldn't. Is it right or wrong for Biden to run for re-election? 57% say it's wrong. How likely you think it is that, that you would vote for him? 52% say they will not be voting for Biden. Biden's age, mental fitness and physical uh physical fitness. Are you concerned? Uh this is starting to get on my fucking nerves. There it is. Biden's age. 67% say it's a concern. Mental fitness, 60%. Physical fitness, 41%. How likely of all do you think it would be that he would be in office until the end of his term? 20% said very likely, 20% said somewhat likely, but the majority said not very likely. So, think about what that says, seriously. Think about what that says. The man had 81 million votes. But somehow, 50% of the respondents, or 52% on a a liberal site, said, Homie, they, they didn't vote for Homie. How? How? How do you get 81 million when 52% say they didn't vote for them? The math has never worked from day one. It's the math. We've never had that many people vote. I mean, that's 146 million people. We've never had that many. It's usually 120 million. 61, 62 to 58, even back in Obama. And then before I go into the, this is America, I wanna play this.
18: I have
16: several businesses, but you know, the resistance is a really good group of people that spread throughout the
4: country, probably throughout the world. I mean, it's, it's just kind of, it's just what I enjoy spending my time doing, and and of course we get paid, you know? Of course those uh, higher-ups pay us.
12: So, so you're, you're paid for this? It's not just like something you do because, because you love a country?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, they uh, people pay us. Uh, they, they want us to help sow the division and to to take over Trump's Twitter feed. When he makes a post, they want Arab tweets to be up there. They don't, want, they don't want other people to, like Trump supporters, to be seen.
3: Okay, so what what did I just play? That is Ed Krasistein saying that he was paid by CNN to sow division and take over Trump's platform. Basically lie. That was CNN, once again, CNN. But now they're talking about how bad Tucker is. So Tucker broke silence and this is what he said.
14: Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also. A lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, The undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. That video
3: got 41, or 41 now? Yeah, it's 41 million hits in 12 hours. That's more than watch anything the Libs put out. The ugliness, of course, I can't cover it all. i just like to cover one that I hate with a burning passion of a thousand suns. Geraldo Rivera, I don't wish ill on anybody, but there is no doubt, as I said at the time, Tucker Carlson perverse, January 6th conspiracy theory was bullshit. Having lost the election, President Trump has cited an insurrection that sought to undermine our constitutional process. Anyone else here for this ratio? It goes all the way down. People showing him in front of his pit or the the vault they ended up nothing Greg Gutfeld sums it up really really good you're a class Acheraldo a real man of the people they relished in it because they worked for it Mediite yeah they're going to listen to Mediite a liberal site on who they're going to replace Tucker with yeah we're getting right on that because, you know, I, I think I think the thing that kills me the most is they're so hypocritical that they think they're not exactly what Tucker is. I heard somebody arguing he's a performer. Yeah, no shit. So is Maddow. One underscore and Zandoski, of course had to go with what they did with Trump. New for me, Brandy Zandowski. White supremacist forms and prominent white nationalist influence are in shambles after Tucker Carlson's firing. Tucker is one of the last our guys, wrote a 4chan user. Bad times coming for anons. 4chan, these are all replies. Ben Collins, how can I make a take ever dumber and more dishonest? I know, get Brandy Zandowski. want to work with me on something? Oh, look at you, Skippy, drudging out their mysterious 4chaners again. I'm still waiting to meet a single white nationalist. Just one. The article, Carlson's show, echoed conspiracy theories and disinformation that gained traction on extremist forms like 4chan, and that would otherwise not have appeared on Fox News. On web shows and message boards, creators of hate and conspiracy theory content bemoan the loss of Carlson and their path to maintain audience. I wish I had some violins for the background. Let's get some violins. We're going to go old school on this because it it, it deserves... I'm going to pause and I'm going to find some good melodramatic music. This
12: is America. Don't get you slipping now. Don't get you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't
15: catch you slipping up. No. Don't catch you slipping up. No. Look what I'm whipping up. No. this is
3: America. Okay. I think we can set the scene now. Might want to get the volume up. Oh, yes. There we go. It's so patriotic. On web shows and message boards, creator of hate and conspiracy theory content bemoaned the loss of Carlson and their path to a mainstream audience. He amplified my reporting more than anyone else. Darren Beadle, a blogger, purveyor of conspiracy theory related to J6 attack. He was basically the only person on Fox News who dared to to have me on. There are other people and nobody would dare let them on any other Fox News, but Tucker would have them on. Carlson's relationship to fringe figures on the far right was in some ways symbiotic. He would use his platform to attack institutions and people unhealthy, unleashing a troll army drawn from every ranks of the fringe right-wingers on 4chan. Then talk about Steve Bannon. Once the story reached Tucker Carlson, it was at the apex of conservative media and Fox News, said Robert Ferris, a senior researcher of Harvard University Shorenstein Center my Media, Politics and Public Policy, a liberal think tank. It let other people know that it's okay to talk about these kinds of things and language that they use, just that it's on the air, it's ambient, and it's on so many public spaces. A spokesperson for Fox News declined to comment because they're a racist too. Carlson featured a segment with months claiming the Ukrainian casualties of the Ura- Ura- Russian invasion were widely underreported. He was citing an altered document that first appeared on 4chan. Days before that, Carlson devoted segment to 4chan hoax about a trans day of vengeance. That wasn't a hoax. It was all over Twitter. Let me just get to the bottom like I always do. They became a juggernaut and then they realized they had to serve these really bad impulses. Whether Fox News tries to reproduce the pipeline Carlson built or whether Carlson can rebuild it on another outlet remains to be seen. The questions become if the grievance machine is still going to need feeding and someone to feed it. What can Fox add? That time slot. Ferris of Harvard Shoreline Center said, how are they going to replace Tucker? the funny thing about it is that this broke twitter tucker files tucker carlson censor for complaining about big tech why did twitter censor tucker carlson better yet who helped twitter do it by reading an endless sea of twitter files one request to censor alleged code misinformation stood out tucker carlson Tucker's now in the news after Fox announced his departure. A Twitter employee mailed colleagues in June 21 to inquire if Tucker Carlson's op-ed for Fox News should be flagged as misinfo. Twitter then punished Tucker Carlson for his op-ed. Tucker actually cited the World Health Organization. When it looked back at the WHO website, it found they stealth edited their page, removed this passage: "Children should not be vaccinated for the moment." After Twitter began reviewing Tucker's op-ed for alleged COVID-19 misinformation, an employee emailed that they would take action by labeling the tweets linking the article. Twitter officials also discussed looping in top Twitter execs such as general counsel due to the political risks associated with such action. One employee chimed in to explain various options Twitter could take that could affect the op-ed's reach. And so they did it. My thing is, why is this not being pushed in the mainstream media with all their parents are terrorists, etc.? This soundbite, which is our This is America for Today, shows how crazy these blue state boards are.
17: A school district plans to cut music classes because they feel it promotes white supremacy culture and significant institutional violence. Yeah, it's the Dave Matthews Band that's causing all those drive-bys in Chicago. Says if black kids are getting beaten with oboes and tubas, a school board member claims kids need to miss core instruction to attend music classes, which is just another sign of inequity dreamed up by the white man. Listen to this
15: crud we're a school district that lives in in, as an entrenchment that is surrounded by white supremacy culture there's nothing about string or wind instrumental music that is intrinsically white supremacist Um, however the ways in which it is and the ways in which all of our institutions not just schools but local government state government our churches our neighborhoods Uh, inculcate and allow white supremacy culture to continue to be propagated and cause significant institutional violence.
3: That diatribe is so far left. Why is it in schools? And now we're still, month later, they're still prepping the manifesto for the mass shooter who was a tranny. Redacted. Sure it is, we'll see it soon enough. These are all replies. Manifesto must be getting altered in some way. Let's the public see it without any restriction. Why review it? Probably to redact it. It's just like the Alabama shooting. Why would we we cover that stuff? Why? And then we have another case. This person broke the law, but now Arkansas, another Arkansas red state person and they spread out. So it looks like it's all over the country. Getting hard time for J6.
13: Flippin, Arkansas pleaded guilty to parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building this morning. He appeared over zoom in front of a judge for the US District Court in Washington, DC. These are photos of John Mott inside the Capitol on January 6, 2021. In one video, he's seen pushing against a police officer's baton while telling him, quote, don't touch me. And if you don't touch me, I won't touch you. Mott pleaded guilty Wednesday and could face five years probation, a $5,000 fine. And and no more than six months in prison. He'll also pay a $500 restitution fee, and he'll let law enforcement officers go through his social media accounts for posts about January 6th. He'll also do an interview about his involvement. Mott is set to be sentenced on March 8, 2023, and Mott's three other charges were dismissed because of his plea deal. In the studio, Emma Claybrook, 4029 News.
3: And I apologize for the fan, the computer's a little warm today. It's actually warm in the basement, which is weird, but I've been washing clothes, so the dryer was on. And then our last one, and this is, you know, why we need Fox News. We're gonna listen to this together. This is what Democrats are now saying about Biden. Absolutely not. Uh,
17: As
2: he says every day, uh, watch me. He puts many of us to shame with his energy. He is, you know, as I I age, I appreciate
0: wisdom even more. No, 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 not not at all. Not at all. We've had uh, many leaders uh, his age that have uh, done extraordinary things for America, and there's no reason why he can't accomplish this uh, uh, just as much or more
9: in his second term as he did in his first. Can you ask for any more experience? Vice President, President, Senator? Experience really counts, especially in the world today. That is so dangerous. I think... uh, he's the right
7: guy
15: at the right time. And I think that he has proven he can deliver.
3: He has proven that he can deliver. Really? What has he delivered? Anybody? He's lied a lot. He's published the greatest green energy bill we've ever had. Called it an Inflation Reduction Act. Let 5 million people come across the southern border. Lost now three embassies we withdrawn from. Armed the Taliban and gave back the country that we spent 20 years defending. What has he done? Replies to this. Considering most of the House Democrats never bothered to show up to work the last two years under Pelosi bogus proxy vote rules. I'm not surprised. Oh, these are not serious people and Nadler falls asleep talking points have been issued is said enough time that it must be true and that is the key statement to all of this it's all repetitive bullshit but if he was a conservative oh my god yeah that shit won't lids at nine o'clock would not be flying Neither would the ability to have so many cheat sheets including pictures because you're a brain dead president. Remember, we did on the air mental illness checks on the previous president who was incapable because he walked down a ramp once. This guy's fallen on the stairs three times is getting in Air Force One, stuttered. Remember he was doing cocaine because he breathed funny for a while when he was giving speeches. We ran stories that him and his staff didn't know where the light switches were. Yeah. So we're gonna go into lighter fare now, but before I I wanna tell something funny, well, at least it was funny for me. Um, yesterday, uh, I, I don't know what's going on. I've had the worst pain and the descending colon and the DeWaldin. Um Every time I put a dip in it, it hurts, which means I need to stop dipping. Um, and I, after having the procedure, part of this, the IBS portion of whatever the fuck I have, is if you clean out, you instantly have a flare. Um, heartburn, GERD, the whole nine yards. So, Yesterday I ate and ran on post to get meds. And on the way there, I have a shit attack. Because after last Tuesday, I haven't been really evacuating my bowels because it's all fucked up. And I know this is a gross story. But if you picture it, we've all had these problems where we're about to shit our pants and there ain't no place to go. So I'm going on post. I'm about to wait outside for an hour. There's no latrines anywhere near it. So I go to where I know there's a latrine. There's a latrine on the back of the post. It's in the laundromat. It's where I used to park for my walk and now I don't go there. I go to a new greenway that's by the end of the edge of the post. It's beautiful, it's marked for uh, distance, just fantastic. So I run in there and somebody is vomiting. So I'm not going in there now. The next thing I know, somebody says hey you need to go on over and use uh, there's an attendant you need to go in there and you can go to the bowling alley they have a whole bunch of bathrooms you can get in so it's PT there's only certain roads it takes me 10 minutes to get across the fucking street I have as we used to say in the army jumpers in the door I am about to shit my fucking pants I run in there and I get into the bathroom and the lights won't trip on. Most of the military went green so they had those motion censored and for whatever reason they didn't turn it on or the power was cut or I don't know what they do, but there's no lights. And I have to go find a stall in a public bathroom while I'm about to shit my pants. I was a blind man. I literally had to find the door, get in, put the hand on the toilet seat to get my ass on it try to flush so i can courtesy flush because it's disgusting try to find toilet paper and try to find twy, try to find my way out and my god that was the biggest C, severe emotional event i've had since combat for fuck's sake i was panicky because i was wearing sweats it was going to show shit if i shit my pants and i had to get the medicine and i had to get home before 11 because my wife had an appointment just a horrible experience but don't judge me because we've all been there so i stated a Light of fire today is a 20 minute story um it is going to be about um let me make sure i set this up right because i don't think i'm setting it up right because i didn't even talk about it maybe i should Um, It's on Black Rifle Coffee, covered it, and I'm an idiot and dropped the screen. Uh, There it is. Uh... Well, I don't see the guy's name. They didn't put it in. It's an SF guy surrounded by Taliban. Let's listen.
16: They dictated that battle.
3: Get fucking
16: The terrain surprised us. The enemy surprised us. Even though we had all the information and intelligence in the world...
2: Hey, we're take an
16: fire. ...we're able to be enveloped by an enemy force. We made the decision that we're going out there. There's multiple machine guns. Probably not gonna be pretty. Most us are probably gonna die. It's, it's just what it is. But we gotta at least drag this dude around the corner and not let the Taliban get him.
9: Right now, Zulu is down. He is urgent.
16: There's a difference between failure and defeat. You can fail all day long as long as you don't keep repeating it. Just don't be defeated and you come back even stronger. Life is designed to do that. In Afghanistan in 2008, we were working in Helmand Province. Our team got just annihilated. We took a lot of casualties that trip. I was in a vehicle, new RG-33s. They're mine-resistant vehicles that we just came into countries. The first time we'd used them. The they thing really cool. Let's see how much explosive it takes to blow this thing up. The vehicle I was in, we had a 500 pound explosive device under a culvert. It blew the vehicle about 50 meters down the road facing the wrong way. Killed the driver and the Air Force JTAC sitting next to me immediately. The captain's chair was broken, his back was broken. He was stuck in that. I was pretty jacked up and there was a guy in the very back and I was also pretty injured. That one took me four years to recover from I was like 17 surgeries to rebuild my face. And then relearn how to walk properly. There's a lot of cognitive damage. You know, I'll probably end up out of the army with 32 surgeries due to combat related injuries. But it's just part of the job really. I'm an active duty sergeant major in the United States Army. I get these guys, like this is the selection crew coming in. They've got their white tape on their uniforms, but they don't have any have any roster numbers yet. Not yet. They will. So that's your incoming Special Forces or Special Operations selection classes, and then there's an outgoing class over there. So they're coming in hoping to make it through three weeks of hell. I currently serve as the Deputy Commandant for the Special Operations Non-Commissioned Officer Academy at Fort Bragg, responsible for the higher education of all Army Special Operations Forces. Prior to that, I served in 3rd Special Forces Group for about 16 years on operational teams. I went through in 2001, 2002 for Green Berets. I think we're popping out like 450 students a year. Our job is Dirty Deeds and Dirt Cheap. We're volunteering to go downrange, work with indigenous forces for a long period of time, trying to accomplish impossible things that they give us to do with not enough resources, 99% of the time. We're coming up on the famous smoke pit. We spend a lot of time out here in this pit. In the past, the goal was, you just wanted to ensure that the people that you selected could go through hard events and not quit. 2012, I got cleared for duty, and then we went to Afghanistan, working with the 6th Special Operations Kandak. The Special Operations Kandak is a battalion size that went between 600 and 900 people. The Kandaks were kind of based off a Ranger Regiment model that could go out and strike at very specific targets. Or if the Taliban was getting very strong in a location, you could send these Special Operations Kandaks in. Some of them were just truly wanting to fight for their country, but most of them were just trying to survive. They're like, hey, this is a good paycheck. It's got benefits. You know, they're trying to make a living. Most of them would go and do things that you wouldn't believe. I mean, I bled and had more Afghans like give their life for me than, than Americans. The Afghan Kamino Kandaks ended up holding Afghanistan together really until the end.
6: After over two hours of heavy fighting, all ammunition spent, Afghan commandos walk out with hands in the air. Seconds later, more than a dozen members of the elite special forces have been executed.
16: So we deployed in 2013, and it came down from higher. that said we were going to do a company-level mission in this place called Tagab Valley. The God Valley, oddly enough, is very close to the capital. It's a major route for the enemy to go up north into the rest of the country. They wanted to come in and use our two attachments and six Special Operations Canada specifically to go in and clear this valley out so that the Americans could come in with some other army forces and establish some control in the area because it was just out of hand. We knew there was at least 300 enemy fighters, up to 800 maybe, which a lot of times in Afghanistan, you know, it's kind of inflated. So sometimes you're like, oh, there's not really that many fighters. We're going to land in an area to the northwest of where we're trying to go. And we work our way down. We clear up to a point and we're going to set up three battle positions and we're going to draw the enemy out and eliminate as many of them as we could, while also going back and clearing a couple compounds of interest that we knew some high level Taliban commanders resided.
15: Hey, Chuck, once you get set, we're moving.
16: The way we set up our team is we moved out in three elements. We had an assault force one, assault force two, which is my assault force, and we were always the supporting effort. And then we had the C two section with the captain and the senior combo guys. Hey, we are taking fire, As a special forces soldier for me, you know, I'd have maybe one other American that wasn't a Green Beret and twelve to twenty-four Afghans. We come in and we land with three CH forty-seven Chinooks. We land, we get off. And right when the helicopters took off, they started taking fire from the mountains for machine guns right away. And immediately the stuff around the HLZ is not what I'm expecting. There's buildings there that weren't on the imagery that we were using. And we started moving and we're in these poppy fields. And the poppy fields are, I think they're just designed to be anti-American because if you're about six foot tall, these things are just cracking in the nuts over and over again. And then if you're too close to the guy in front of you, when he moves that thing forward, you get whacked with this, this big ass poppy. So they're a pain in the ass to move through. And in Afghanistan, there's just all these mud walls everywhere. There is no better way to get through this than the way you're going unless you get on the main road, which we didn't want to get on because we knew it was IED and we knew that the enemy had people over there. So it took two hours longer than we expected to get to our first target building. So we cleared to where we thought that we were going to set up our battle positions and the buildings that we'd planned for were not defensible. We went from poppy fields and orchards to now just being the most urban maze I'd ever been in. And I'd been in a lot of urban combat at this point in time, you know, in Iraq and, and places all around Afghanistan, but this place was just corridored everywhere. And we finally decided that we were gonna, instead of threes, we're gonna set up two battle positions. The C2 element would be located with my element. We'd wait for the sun to come up. We'd see what was going on with sensors and we'd go back and clear. And we had about 30 minutes before the sun came up. I was like, all right, man, I'm going down for a quick 30-minute nap. I was down for about 10 minutes. Next thing I know, there's three people on top of me. What the hell is going on?
2: They're in the courtyard.
16: I got woke up, grenades were going off. One grenade landed in the courtyard, it didn't go off. If it would have gone off, it would have probably wounded most of us. I was like, okay, this is crazy. First of all, they're attacking us before the sun is fully up, so that's not normal. Generally, the firefight should start about an hour after sunrise, after prayer. Second of all, they're right on top of us. If they're throwing grenades over the walls, how are they getting so close to us? But the reality was this place was so mazed up that they could just get on top of us and there's not a whole lot we could do about it. Hey,
15: we're taking accurate fire.
16: The captain, the commander was actually on, on top of the building and he was just getting his ass handed to him with RPGs. And that first volley that came in, That basically knocked him out. And he was like, What the hell is going on? And then he got up and and recovered from it. Massive firefight erupted from both battle positions. I was like, Hey, man, sir, this is what needs to happen. The main effort stay in place. I'm gonna push up this team because we're the one taking fire right now. I took an element and we went out on this alleyway right outside the door so we could push these guys at least away from our position. We ended up capturing one guy that had been throwing grenades over the wall and we pushed everybody else back. The enemy did have the amount of fighters that was briefed to us, and they were able to mass and fix us some
0: hellfire.
16: As we were out, we had sensors seeing guys moving around. We're hitting those guys with hellfires. And then we moved back. Those guys were just there to fight, which I hadn't seen since Iraq in 2005. They meant business. They basically allowed us to move past a large number of their force so they could come up and envelop us from both sides. We got some information that there was a large enemy force to the south maneuvering. I was like, okay, let me let me push out. I'll get around the backside of these guys and as they move up towards our buildings, we'll ambush them. You know, look at the imagery, it made sense. Like this is where they are. This is how we get around them. So as they're moving in, they were set up with multiple machine guns and multiple people in these woods, and they shot at the first Afghans that came around the corner and shot one of them.
14: Two,
8: two, nine, six. Someone got shot, got shot. Five,
9: five, five, one, five. We have one commando wounded.
16: And that guy dropped.
9: Hey, let's go, we're going back, go get him.
16: Most of the Afghans ran away. I was right behind the wall from this guy, and it was just a heavy amount of gunfire. I can see the guy's wounded, do this crack. I'm like, okay, let's get the Afghans back and let's get these Apaches firing on the outskirts of this open area. Chuck,
9: 30 Mike, Mike, inbound! And the
16: Apaches, they were doing runs, but they weren't firing. Turns out Apache 1, his gun was bent, which means it's broken. Apache 2, nope, same thing. Didn't fire.
9: Alpha, this is Delta. Where's that fire?
16: Finally, we got enough Afghans back, made the decision that we have to get this guy. We're going out there. There's multiple machine guns. It's probably not going to be pretty, you know. Most of are probably going to die. This is what it is, but we got to at least drag this dude around the corner and not let the Taliban get them. So once you go, it's just like going into a building. Once you go around that threshold, you've got two options, right? You can kill everything that needs to be killed or you're going to die trying, but you can't stop in the threshold. That's not an option.
2: Delta, they are moving towards the wounded patient at this time. As we
16: came around the corner, they the Afghan platoon leader, me and a couple other the guys, immediately a pretty massive 25-meter gunfight. <laughs> There was two guys that were bounding, like textbook bounding, as you would see in Military Doctrine, about 15 meters away. Ended up shooting those two guys. There was a machine gun at each apex of this open area. We ended up eliminating the one machine gun. And then when you watch the Camp video, you can hear some grenades going off. I think I went through three mags out there. At this point, we're just out in the open too. There's no cover, so it was terrifying, right? Chuck good. At one point, I was like, all right, we eliminated all the threats. I felt pretty good about myself. This dude, he's not that injured. He's got his fingers blown off and he's got a through and through to the leg, but he's just laying there. He was scared. He said, later he said he thought he was dead. Dragging this dude and all of a sudden the machine gun opens up from where I thought we killed him onto the platoon leader. So I transitioned over to where I'm pretty sure this PKM gunner is. I can't see him. I start unloading on where I think he's at but I'm off. I think I shoot too far to the left. He transitions to me, strikes me on the right leg. I was on a knee. So Knock that knee back, I felt like a sledgehammer. So I move forward. My whole body's like in a Superman position. The next round comes in and hits my my upper back right here on the, on the shoulder blade. Goes to the brachial nerve complex and the brachial artery and lodges in my lower back. And then a third round, like, nicked my butt.
9: Alpha, we have taken effective fire.
16: I was pissed. What was going through my head was like, I'm going to kill this dude. I know where he's at. The PKM only has a 100 round belt, so he had to reload. So I was like, all right, I know where this dude is. I'm killing this dude. I got up and I tried to engage, but I could physically not get my gun up to engage. At this point in time, I didn't feel a whole lot of pain. Chuck, good? It felt like I got hit with a sledgehammer in the leg, and it definitely felt like somebody hit me with a sledgehammer in the back. I was like, okay, this isn't good. Let's get this dude out of here.
9: Zulu, you good?
2: I'm good. Hey, Zulu's
16: hit. Came around the corner and then that's when the pain hit in and that, that one redefined my definition of pain.
9: Where
3: at, y'all?
16: where at? Zulu's hit. This is Tagab, right? Yeah, it's just Tagab.
1: Ooh,
16: you hear the A10 come in? Yeah. And then obviously with A10s you hear the impact of the rounds first and then you hear the gun firing afterwards. Yeah. Dude, A10s is such an awesome sound. So when you hit the ground like what was your first thought by the time I got in there like you see the look on my face like that was Pure pain and I've never felt pain like that before in my life. So I was like man give me some morphine Right now, right? We all carry <laughs> yeah. five milligrams of morphine in our our little medical kit Yeah, and generally I could get to it, but obviously taking my gun belt off but we'd practice, That's why I was able to get my stuff off so quickly because we'd practice this over and over and over again.
9: Chuck, in roll in front.
8: Your medic is on it.
9: Not too bad, Chuck. Not too bad. Is it come out the front? I don't think so. How's your breathing?
16: Breathing wasn't good.
8: Damn man. I didn't know you ever had your ass handed to you.
9: Where <laughs> Hey, I need people in my position right now. Zulu is down. He's urgent.
8: But your medic was on it. Right, the team covered all of the loose ends, if you will. It's just cool to kind of see everybody come together and support you in this situation.
16: It's pretty calm too, in my opinion, for it what's is, going on. It
8: is surprised like I've, I've definitely seen worse. Everybody knew what they were doing. They knew how to handle the situation.
16: Oh, it was very professionally handled. Just happened at the perfect moment to where everybody was refueling. All we had over was Apaches. Thinking back, maybe we should have like just been a little more patient, but then we would have missed out on it. On, getting behind them, but of course they are just waiting for us. You can't know everything. You're constantly making decisions with what you know at the time, man. I remember coming around the corner and just being terrified, right? People tell you they're not scared in combat. It's not that you're not scared, but it's just what do you do through that fear and don't let it lock you up.
9: We are moving back to your position. Come. They
16: dictated that battle. We didn't control the tempo at that point. The only other field for HLZ that we planned was to the Northeast, that was definitely contested by the enemies. I self recover move myself back. Let's go. The video cuts out though, when we go to our casualty collection point, which our pair rescue guy was waiting there. They packed the wound as much as they could. And they put me in a coat, which is a stretcher. It looks like a little taco. So then they had to figure out how they were going to get me out of there. So they came up with a plan that they were going to push out elements from the main effort to clear up to this building over watching this field. And then they were gonna come around and bring me through up to this building. But then it became a rolling firefight all the way up to this building. which just me, the team leader, and the medic out in the open for the most part in this alleyway. And I said, hey, our guys are tracking that. They know that you're there by yourself. They're staying over the radar. They're gonna kill you guys. They're gonna snatch up this wounded guy. Shit, we gotta keep going. They would just fight their way up to the streets. It took probably 30 minutes to get up to this alleyway over they were just left by themselves and then they had aircraft overhead shooting containment fires. They finally made it into the final compound before they extracted me and the enemy just enveloped on this and around the far side of the HLZ. It was like a scene out of the movie, I'm laying there in this taco and you just hear this massive gunfight. and somebody would come down and they're like, hey man, how you doing? Need some water, give me some water and they'd reconsolidate ammo there. They were starting to run low on ammo. And they are like, all right, man, good luck, Chuck. And they go back up to their fighting position. Shit, like, what is going on? I mean, they didn't think I was going to survive either, to be honest with you. There was a point in time when the captain came and he's trying to be quiet. He's like, hey, Dan, Dan's our It's Is Chuck going to make it? And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. It sucked just being helpless. just basically laying there staring at the ceiling, watching everybody else do all this work. And it's just a really bad feeling. Finally, they managed to clear enough of an area to where they thought they could land the helicopters. They rigged me for hoist. They said, hey, we're gonna bring in a a C-53, what's called a Pedro Bird. They're heavily armored, they have miniguns on them, and we're gonna hoist you out. And I just remember hearing that, and I freaked out. I was like, hell no, I grabbed up, I grabbed the team leader, reached up and grabbed him, I said, hey man, I'm not gonna die in the end of some freaking rope, man. Like, you're not gonna hoist me out. He's like, Chuck, this is the only way we can get you out of here. We gotta hoist you. Luckily, as the Pedro Aircraft came in, he took a lot of fire and got shot up because we had a leap, so that didn't happen. So I'm pretty sure if they would've tried to hoist me up, none of us would've survived that. And they got me to this building and then they cleared enough area with AC-130 And managed to get the helicopters in there and get me out. The terrain favors the people that live there. We found that out very clearly once we got there and they used it to their advantage. They ended fighting all day long, probably until like four o'clock. They ended up leaving without any extra casualties, but by the time they ended the day, they are out of ammo. They had no water. That battle we didn't win, right? Like, at least for me, I was a little bit too cocky going to the mission as far as I got all this imagery, I've got all this information, intelligence. We know what the enemy's gonna do, but the reality is the terrain surprised us. The enemy surprised us. Even though we had all the information and intelligence in the world, we were able to be enveloped by an enemy force. They told me it would take me years to get use my arm back and relearn how to do anything with this. So from the last surgery to redeployment was less than three months. I was told that it was going to be impossible to recover that fast. Second of all, they weren't gonna let me go back because, you know, it was my second time in combat where I was seriously wounded. So I was relearning how to use my arm. I was able to recover and function properly and redeploy to combat. when everybody said it was impossible. The next deployment get shot again with another machine gun through the hand where that one came over the finger here, went through the middle knuckle and blew up the side and blew all the bones and then recovered from that one and came back, right? So what drives us to do stuff like that? Are we trying to prove something to ourselves? If you truly believe that you're an unstoppable force of nature in life, then you will be, right?
3: Chuck Ritter, wow. That's a pretty harrowing story. Um, And one of my pet peeves, as we have talked on this podcast for years, You know they made all sorts of movies about World War II, Vietnam, but we don't see those stories. They don't. They don't publish those stories. There's no movies other than Twelve Strong. What have we had? Uh, the Outpost. I mean. That's it, that's all I can think of, Restrepo. It is, it's been pretty rough. Today's show, if you look at it from beginning to end, and I I missed one, Liz Cheney, after Tucker's lies and defamation, it's about time. And the entire world said, I do believe you were fired. What lies and defamation did you do? Yeah, she wrote her daddy's coat strings. Um, but the amount of letting the left get away with everything and the mainstream media's fighting tooth and nail for their causes. Um, I saved a soundbite for next show and it's CNN literally saying if You're questioning transgender rules, does that equate to murder? It's murder, they say. Well, you know what? Let's listen to it. Let's listen to it together. This this is probably the best way for me to wrap up my show with this kind of shit. But
13: would you have a panel where someone spoke about whether or not there should be legal murder?
8: Because, because because murder is, is objectively wrong and you're killing someone, but I would not put that on the same scene. As I said about shutting down free speech, I think this is a very good example of the fact that uh, uh, clearly something's going on here.
10: That dome was an incendiary device
13: set off outside the building, according to a university statement. No one was injured, but some buildings were temporarily shut down. Do you think the point of this debate is to try to convince people in this room? Or to convince people on the internet?
8: I think it's both. I mean, the goal of the event is not to make some uneducated leftist kid, um, you know, feel like an idiot. I hope there's leftist people here that ask questions opposing those and are able to do so respectfully.
15: Why do
13: these debates over rights for minority groups always get converted into
11: debates over free speech when someone backs you into a corner says I don't like your ideas the easiest thing for you to say is oh well that's because you don't like my free speech it's because you want to censor me and it's really the cowards way of, of trying to deal with any argument your answer should be here's why my ideas are interesting and why they're important not invoking some kind of quasi constitutional
4: gloss for what you uh, have to say <sighs> And Eliriv is here to talk more about this. What is the kind of
10: industry of workers that is taking advantage of this? Yeah, I think it's important to notice that it's not the capital gains tax that is sparking these protests. It's not some scientist with a theory about black holes. It's uh, trans rights this year, five years ago.
3: The problem I have with all this, and it's so disingenuous, is that This isn't like those subjects she's talking about. But every time the left is faced with opposition to one of their far-fetched fucking ideas, they resort to violence. They insurrect state capitals. They blow shit up. I mean, there's a guy in there and it's their crowd. They always try to infer it's the right blowing shit up and the right getting violent. One underscores Zandroski, Will Carlisle, who blocked me. They all want to play that it's, it's the right, who's the violent people. But nobody is going armed to drag story queens but Antifa. Antifa's there with guns. Antifa is causing violence. Roddy Gaines got punched in the fucking face. The media didn't even cover it because it goes completely against their agenda. And their agenda is to say that the violent white supremacy on the right who are now in mourning over Tucker are planning to do shit. And they're doing that because that's the only way they can keep this fear mongering up for 2024 and somehow work in Mass mail and ballots can't do voting stations, there's too much right-wing violence, blah 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 blah. Because that's how they, you know, they're always about going to the well and duplicating what they did before. The reality is it is the left that gets violent every time their ideas are challenged. And they do that because they're always hyperbolically using language that is fucking far-fetched and bullshit. Life altering. People will have blood on their hands if you don't let them transition at five years old. That kind of shit. Playing the transgenicide and the suicide rates are so high. Yet every study that comes out about giving them the opposite fucking hormones shows that they're suicidal worse. Every do transer says, I was more suicidal when I was getting this treatment. And it links directly to the hypocrisy that we started the show with. No GOP president would be allowed to use cheat sheets on that scale, have loaded pre-baked press conferences every three or four months. I mean, I said it multiple times on, on Twitter, journalists now scream questions, don't have it answered, and young interns in their face screaming, get out. Trump had press conferences all the time. He was always, but I actually found articles and I was gonna put it in today, but I, I didn't, of them saying why Trump's chopper talks are horrible. Biden doesn't even have chopper talks. Biden doesn't answer any questions. His handlers don't let him handle any question because they gotta give him a cheat sheet like that that tells him how to fart and breathe because he's clinically brain dead. No challenge to that. Media isn't holding people accountable, the powerful accountable They're playing culture wars off liberal, gay, black, Latino, white people going to school boards and saying enough. You are not gonna trans my kids and not tell me you're doing it and do all this cloak and dagger shit. I'm not gonna tolerate it. We call those people domestic terrorists See, to make their agenda work, they have to use the DOJ and the FBI against states that, once again, are doing nothing different than what you did under Trump. You ignored federal laws. You gave illegals the heads up that there were gonna be ICE raids. You called for the defunding of ICE. You had abortion sanctuary cities and you removed 2 a rights from everybody. Now red states are going, okay, we're going to do our abortion because the Supreme Court said we could do it. We're going to stop you transing our kids. We're going to ban pornographic material in grade school and curriculum that says America's a racist shithole. And you call them domestic terrorists. You stick the DOJ and FBI and pro-life on parents. That's the only way you can make your agenda work. And you can't legislate your agenda because this is a 18% issue. 18% of the far left, which is the far left of the left, wants this crazy shit. And that crazy shit was literally the Washington school board saying, if you have music departments, you're breeding white supremacy. I mean, how do you even fucking get there Well, you get there because you're never checked. There's no check and balances on the crazy shit they say. They're able to say whatever they want. And it just flows right through into the conduit of bullshit that we have to put up with night and day in this country. Of an administration that hasn't improved people's lives. Their far left agenda has ruined people's lives. They don't have enough food to eat, the gas, the whole nine yards. It's just one thing after another with far left policies that nobody wants, including their own voters. It's un-American on so many levels. And as stated a billion times, here's a billion and one. The people calling people fascist are the fascists. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Here are the family friends. Go to SoundCloud with Fly Over Politic with the K. Rumble 482467. Email me at foppodcast at gmail.com. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yas. We'll do our next show on. Tuesday, 2 May, Year of Our Lord, 2023. It'll be a happy birthday to my wife. Oh yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna embarrass her on that. As always, folks, thanks for listening and take care.
0: Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.